Hi, good morning. Um, can you bring that slide back up here? I just wanted to um, let you guys know a little bit more about this perspectives class. So uh, Gabe and I had the privilege of meeting uh, the, he's kind of the district director of perspectives for this area. We got a kitten from him, so it was a joy. It was a great joy. But he's a really great guy, and it was crazy small world thing because Gabriel and I actually took perspectives in Colorado like 10 years ago. So this is a really cool class. If any of you are interested, they are hosting several in our area. One of them is going to be at Faith Family Church in Shiloh, and that starts um, sometime in January. The dates were on the slide. That's now gone. But if you have questions, um, come and talk to me. You can also go to perspectives.org. They have all the information there. It's a really cool opportunity, especially if you are just looking to learn more about um, just God's vision for the world. And it's not just, it's global and local. So it's a really good opportunity, especially if you're curious about how you can be a part of the ministry that God is doing around the world and in your own backyard. If you're just wondering what is the part that I play? What is my purpose here? It's a really good opportunity to gather with some other people, have some people come alongside you and study that together. Like I said, they have a different instructor each week, so it's a really cool way to hear from different perspectives as well. Um, hence why it's called Perspectives. So um, let me know if you're interested in that. We can get you more information or look that up online. And I can also connect you. Um, Jonathan said that he's willing to meet with anyone who has questions or wants to learn more about the class. So I can uh, connect you with him as well. Um, yes, and we have many things that are happening today. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what is happening? Adam is going to come and say hello to you. Hello. Um, as we're coming towards the end of the year and it's almost Christmas, I wanted to say a quick word about our staff here. So if I could get, um, Nicole, uh, Nicole, of course, Nikki's here, Karen, and I don't know where Bo is. Do you know? He's at home. Huh? He's sick. Oh, we were just with them on Friday. Nora's sick. Oh, that's right. She was with the girls. So, okay. Anyway, so we just wanted to say... Here you go, and you can take that, and here you go. Anyway, we just want to say Merry Christmas to our staff here. Um, thank you guys again for everything you do throughout the year. Thank you for your faithfulness, for your service, the ups and downs this year. I know there was a lot going on, but you guys have stayed very faithful, very committed. We're very appreciative as a church and as a board for everything that they do. We just want to say Merry Christmas and give them a round of applause real quick. Sorry, I know you weren't prepared for that because uh, speaking of ups and downs, <laughs> um, kind of a good news, bad news situation. Uh, the good news is Karen and Mike are going to be living a good life in Florida about two months from now, a little less than that. Uh, the bad news is Mike and Karen are going to be living in Florida in about a month and a half from now. Um, I have not fully processed this yet, just FYI, I've been blocking it out in my mind um, because Karen has been my rock while I've been here for just three years and I'm not ready for her to go, um, but I celebrate this phase of life. I celebrate that her and Mike are going to get to be in Florida, a place that they love, close to their other kids who are living in Florida and they have done a lot at this church, and there, is not, there are not enough words to share and express 
how much Mike and Karen mean to BFCN and how much we're going to miss them. And so um, I wanted to share that with you all. And sometime in January, we are going to be celebrating Mike and Karen um, officially before they move. They're going to be around throughout January until the end of the month, and um, they and Marcella will move to Florida. So just spend some time over the next month and a half sharing with Mike and Karen what they mean to you. Um, express your appreciation for all that Karen has done for BFCN and Mike, too. They've done so much together. Mike has done a lot behind the scenes. Um, again, I can't express how much you mean to me. You know. And there's no need to do this on the platform in front of everybody. We'll save it for, you know, private time. <laughs> yeah. I love you so much. All right. So thank you. Nicole did not warn me that she was going to make me cry right before I have to sing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but this is a great opportunity for you guys to maybe consider taking perspectives and find out that you may have some giftings and qual callings to fill the massive shoes that are now going to be empty <laughs> in our congregation idea. because two people who do a lot of things that you don't know about are about to leave. So if you are really feeling called or you're just not sure, that is a great opportunity for you to learn more Amen. about how God can use you in this community. Amen. All right, we are going to have an Advent reading as we do. We will invite Susan. Are you able to come up here? Is that okay? Do you have a mic? Yeah. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> uh, I don't have my reading glasses, of course. This is the first time I've never brought my reading glasses to church. <laughs> Music has a way of helping us remember special moments, our history, times of joy. Advent is a time when we remember forward. Through the music of the season, we remember great moments. But we also remember hard moments. Remember, we remember moments that fill us with joy and moments that fill us with pain. When the we remember with joy the celebration of Christ's coming, and we remember with joy that God is with us now. Rejoice. We rejoice that God is with us and that we are not alone. We sing as we remember that Christ has come and Christ will come again. We sing with joy and hope because we know God is faithful. As we light the third candle, we ask God to fill us with joy as we remember through song and word that God came, God is here and God will come again. May our joy move beyond this place into the world around us, that they too may know God's faithful love. Thank you, Susan. You can stand with us as we sing.
God rest you merry gentlemen and let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, oh, tidings of comfort and joy. From God our heavenly Father, a blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same, how that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name, oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, oh, tidings of comfort and joy. going to go with our reading. That was unplanned, <laughs> but I'm pretty happy about that. I hear this call to worship this morning from Psalm chapter 46, verse 10. It says, be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. Let's read that again. It's such a comfort because if he is God, that means I am not. And man, that is a comfort and a joy, let me tell you. Hear this word one more time. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. Let's exalt him in this place this morning. Amen. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth.
this morn fall on your knees oh hear the angel voices oh night divine oh night when Christ was born
major lift with every breath I'm singing hallelujah 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 a couple came to Bethlehem expecting child they searched the inn to find a place for you were coming soon there was no room for them to stay so in a manger filled with hay God's only son was born Just as the angel said, you'll find him in a manger bed, Emmanuel and Savior, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah,
That was beautiful, you guys. I just was so blessed by all of the music today. I mean, from start to finish, just amazing. Beautiful. Just so beautiful. Um, I'm just so grateful to our worship team for just doing what they do and blessing us every single week. But today was just especially beautiful. Thank you guys so much. Amen. Well, today we are going to be, um, we are in week three of our Advent season, the Advent series, uh, Joy of Every Longing Heart, and especially appropriate today as we explore the theme of joy. Today we're exploring this theme of joy and what it means to be filled with joy as the people of God who go through moments in life that are filled with joy, but also as we go through moments in life that are not filled with joy, that are filled with pain and grief and sorrow. Um, I wonder, as we begin, I wonder if you've ever been so caught up in the moment, so caught up in a song that you just had to sing along. Has that ever happened to anyone? Yes, I see a few hands. Uh, I just wonder, can you think of moments uh, in life or moments where you were so swept up in a song? People were singing, uh, there was a crowd maybe, you were with other people, a few people, or a whole crowd of, of hundreds or thousands of people, and everyone is so swept up in the song that you just can't help but sing. You burst out in song. There's a few examples that come to mind. Uh, most recently and, and appropriate for Christmas season, uh, we watched Elf last week because you have to watch Elf every single year at Christmas. It's a rule. Uh, so you have to watch Elf, and there's just that really well-known phrase. I mean, there's a lot of good lines in Elf that we could quote, but there's that really well-known phrase that's quoted all throughout the movie. I wonder if I could get some help or if anyone knows. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is... Good. See, I had one person picked out that was going to help me with that, but I'm so proud to be a part of a group of people who don't need that because you already know the line. Yes. So throughout that movie, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. And there's that part at the end of the movie where everyone has to join in and sing, right? Oh, thank you guys. Sorry, I was not paying attention to my own PowerPoint. There's that point in the movie where, where the Christmas spirit is at an all-time low, right? And Santa can't get his sleigh to fly, and it's like this will-they-or-won't-they moment. And, and finally, Jovi, the female lead, stands up and starts to sing, and she's by herself at first. But after a while, everyone joins in because you just can't help but sing along, right? And as she sings and as others join her, even the grumpy dad of the movie um, Santa's sleigh starts to fly, Christmas spirit is, is lifted, and all is right in the world. Uh, another example that came to mind is sporting events. A lot of times, sporting events will take advantage of this idea that a crowd of people love to sing a song. And that happens a lot of times at blues games, particularly. We've been to blues games recently uh, over the past few years that we've lived here. And this is a popular one that they'll put on the screen and play the music to. They'll play a few lines and everyone sings along. You can't really help but sing along. Uh, and even after the music stops, after they turn off the music, people will carry on this song for a few more 
lines. And it's just one of those moments that most people, I guess there's probably some that refuse. Uh, Bo Cotton might be one of those people. I don't know. It depends. But uh, sorry to call you out when you're not here. <laughs> but most people sing along because you just can't help. You get swept up in the moment. Um, I really appreciated how Dan Boone, in our Advent devotional, he identifies a really good example of this, and it's one that I found really relatable. He talks about driving as a teen or a kid, riding rather, to church camp with all the, the teens or kids from his church. And he talked about how it never failed, that every year as they are journeying to camp, Someone would start singing, and everyone in the church van would start singing along. And that was so relatable for me. Uh, I, I remember these moments as a kid or as a teen on my way to camp, and we were just filled with so much excitement. And, and sure, there were probably a lot of reasons that we were so excited. But for me, I, I identify with Dan Boone when he says that there was just this sense of anticipation and expectation that that this is a time where God meets their students in a special and unique way, and everybody was looking forward to that and excited about it. And one of the ways you express that excitement and anticipation is singing together as you're journeying to camp. And I really appreciated that example. And, and that's a good transition for today's passage, because I feel like that's kind of what we see happening in Psalm 126. That's kind of what we see as the people of God are traveling or journeying together in this psalm. This is one of a few psalms that is known as a pilgrimage psalm or a psalm of ascent. And what you have is the community of Israel, the community of people, of God's people who are journeying together to Jerusalem. They are traveling together and they are singing these songs together as they travel. So we get like this little unique peek into their playlist, if you will. These are the songs that they are singing together as they journey. And in a moment when we read from Psalm 126, I think you'll notice that this song feels like a song of joy that the people of God are singing together. They're singing this song of joy as they remember what God has done for them, as they remember and recall how God has been faithful to them. They burst out in this song together as they are journeying. Um, our candle reading for today, which was so, so beautiful, um, it kind of names this reality that Christmas is a season when music brings to mind memories of the past, right? And, and those can be warm and fuzzy memories that make you feel really good and, and cozy, and, and they just are a delight to remember. But some of those memories associated with the music you hear this time of year is, is also really painful. It can be really painful as it as it reminds you of, of difficult moments. I, I have my Christmas playlist that brings to mind good memories, but also memories uh, that are a little harder, that are, that are maybe a little more sad. And Psalm 126 is a bit of a remembering psalm, right? As they are singing this song together, they are remembering what or who is the source of their joy, and we've kind of been on this journey with the people of God, right? As they are journeying, we have been on this journey with them through the, through the Psalms, 
during the season of Advent. And we've kind of had a little bit of a peek into their journey. And so just to recap, for those of you who may not have been here, the first week of Advent, we noticed this theme or we looked at the theme of light and and hope. We kind of used those interchangeably that week. And and we looked at Psalm 80 and, and it felt like a little bit of a downer at first because we talked a lot about lament that week. And Psalm 80 was this psalm of lament where the people of God had some really hard questions that they directed towards God. Questions that were like, where are you, God? How long, O Lord? What are you doing? Do you even know what's happening? Do you know how difficult this has been for us? Where are you, O Lord? But even in the midst of this psalm of lament, we see hope. Right? It, it, there, is not, there is no lament without hope is kind of what we talked about that week, that, that hope and lament can, can be held together. And so as we looked through this psalm, we, we saw this theme of restoration, which, by the way, a little side note, I appreciate how restoration, this theme, is noticed in all of these psalms. That's kind of like a little hidden thing that we haven't highlighted, but it's there. And so they say, they call out to God in the midst of their difficult questions that are directed towards God, even though God has done nothing, right? I mean, that's kind of their, their frustration at sometimes is that, God, you're doing nothing. But there is this point where they say, restore us, O God. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Like, have mercy, O oh God. May your face shine on us so that we may be saved. That was the first Sunday of Advent. Last week, we focused on the love, the hesed of God, as we, as we called it. That's the Hebrew word for this word love that we saw in Psalm 85 last, last week. It's this word hesed, which essentially means it's, a, it's not the kind of love that you see in Hallmark movies, right? It's, it's not, we cannot <laughs> make that our measuring tool. But it's this unfailing, steadfast, loyal love of God, where God upholds his end of the covenant with his people, even though they have failed, even though they have abandoned him, even though they have not upheld their end of the covenant, this God is always faithful in upholding his end of the covenant. And we see that the people of God are in this tension where they recognize, God, maybe some of this is our fault. Maybe we are seeing the the error in our ways, our sin that needs to be confessed. And so again, you see this cry for restoration. They say, restore us again. Restore us again, because sometimes we come back to God and we say, do it again, right? Restore us again, God, our Savior. Put away your displeasure toward us. Because of God's hesed, his unfailing love, we can come back to God and say, God, restore us again. Forgive us again. And so with that, that brings us to today, this third Sunday of Advent, Joy Sunday. And I'm going to invite you to stand, if you're able, as we read from Psalm 126, this song from the people of God as they are journeying. Listen to these words. This is a beautiful beautiful psalm. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy 
Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Can you say thanks be to God? Thanks be to God. You may be seated. As we've been on this journey with the community of Israel through the Psalms, with the community of God, I have to wonder, and I feel very confident that, that I know what the answer is, but, but we know or we think about maybe on this journey, there were no doubt moments when joy, like this kind of joy that we feel in this psalm or songs of praise, there had to have been moments where that felt so far out of reach, right? We've seen those moments. We have read and kind of sat in the reality of those moments, but they name that in this psalm, don't they? They kind of name those feelings, those realities. In this psalm, like it, it draws you back to a time where the, the people of God would dream dreams that maybe they didn't name because they felt too good to be true. Right? We're brought back to a time when the people of God, where they, it seemed like they might never come out of exile, where they might feel separated from God forever. There was surely a time where they felt like they would never experience restoration. There was surely a time where they wondered, will we ever experience laughter and joy again? And I wonder if for some of us today, that's true for us. And I know the answer. I know at times we've all been there, right? There have been moments for us when laughter and joy just feels so far out of reach. There are moments for us, maybe moments of drought, when it seems like the only water around is the water that comes from our tears, much like we read about in this psalm. There are moments for us, I feel this, where seeds are planted, and yet it is so hard to see the fruit or the harvest, and you just wonder, is it too good to be true? Sometimes you're just too afraid to even dream big dreams, because what if they don't come true? What if they don't come to fruition? What if we do all this planting, all this sowing, and don't reap a harvest? Right? There are moments where you do wonder, if we're being really honest, where you wonder, what if? What if we find ourselves just stuck in this endless season of drought, barrenness, desert, wilderness? And we're too afraid to dream because what if? There's a few things that I love about this psalm. And like others, like the others that we've looked at, this psalm too makes room for both grief and gladness. This song allows room for both sorrow and joy to be named and experienced. This psalm makes room for both lament and hope. These things can be held together at the same time. 
I, I appreciate that this psalm begins with praise and shouts of joy, and you can just feel like it's contagious. Like we bursted out with song. We bursted out with laughter. Joy was just overflowing and just coming out of us as we consider all the good things that God has done, but not without hardship. It's not been without hardship and painful moments, right? I mean, we go from one extreme to the other real quick in this song. And I wonder, as I thought about this this week, I thought, you know, that feels really accurate for the Christmas season, doesn't it? It feels really accurate to me that this is the, the complexity of feelings that we feel during this season where it's like, I know I'm supposed to feel joy, right? Like all the songs and all the movies are, are telling me that I should feel joy, and yet I don't, or I'm struggling to find the joy. I'm struggling to feel that kind of joy. Personally, I just really blame the, all the wrong things with this season, all the, the consumerism and commercialism, commercialism that just kind of sucks the joy out of the season because, again, like we talked about last week, you can't live up to all of it, right? And so I kind of blame that. But, but for others, it's a lot deeper, right? For others, they're looking around and they're seeing people who are, are feeling joyful and who are really getting into the Christmas spirit, and yet they are struggling to find joy, and they wonder, is that okay? Is something wrong with me? What is wrong with me? Why can't I feel that? And then maybe at the same time, there are others who are truly experiencing the joy of Christmas, the joy of Christ in their hearts. And, and maybe they look around at those who are suffering or those who are, are feeling sorrow this time of year, and they're wondering like, oh, is it okay that I'm feeling joyful even though this person is really struggling and hurting? And I love that this psalm, even though it's not a Christmas psalm, but I love that this psalm on the third Sunday of Advent reminds us that both of these are okay. That there's room for both joy and lament during this season. There's room for joy and sorrow. There's room for joy and longing this time of year. We can acknowledge it all. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Another thing I love about this psalm is that this feels like such an Advent psalm because, and you know I use this word a lot, there is so much tension, right? As we acknowledge that we are still in the middle of two realities, that Christ has come, that Christ has redeemed, and yet we are still in the tension, the longing, recognizing that Christ is still coming and Christ is still redeeming, and some days we long for that more and deeper than others. I appreciate that this psalm makes room for remembering the joy of the past, that there is room in this psalm to look back and think about the, the glory days, or the good old days, if you will, the, the joys of the past, right? I love that, that they acknowledge that the Lord restored our fortunes. The Lord did things that we could only dream of. Songs of joy bursted from our mouths as everyone acknowledged all the ways that God has been good to us. And finally, kind of where we're what we're building towards, and we acknowledge this in the reading today, there's this other aspect of this psalm that it teaches us that remembering the past is perhaps an invitation to help us remember forward. Did you catch that in the reading today? There was this, this phrase, to remember forward. 
In other words, as we acknowledge what God has done, we look forward to all that God is doing or is going to do. This idea is the idea is that we can rejoice as we look back. As we look back and recall God's faithfulness time and time again, we can certainly look back and acknowledge that. But that kindles this hope within us that we can look forward, remember forward, knowing, confident that God will be faithful again. That we will experience those days again. Those days are not stuck in the past. Some of you need to hear that this morning. Those good days where everything seemed good and wonderful and perfect and as it should be or as close to perfect as we can get, those days don't have to be gone. Those days can be experienced again because God is not finished. God has come. God is here. God is coming. And he continues to do a new thing. Remembering forward acknowledges or helps us to acknowledge that where there was loss, new life can be discovered. Friends, I I am a, a prisoner of hope. That's not my phrase. Lots of people have used that phrase. I'm a prisoner of hope. I have to believe these things, right? Like I stand in the tension before you today acknowledging that I dream dreams and I'm afraid to dream because what if they don't come to fruition, right? Like I have big plans, but what if they fail? And so I stand in the tension and I have to believe that where there is loss, new life can be discovered. I have to believe that where dreams may have been dashed in the past, new dreams can be dreamt and they can come to fruition. I have to believe that where there was once devastation, Restoration can be anticipated because if it's not good, if it's not complete, if it's not whole, then God isn't finished. And I have to believe that where there is suffering and sorrow, that while this might be the reality for a season, we can look forward to God's redemption and how he is making all things right and all things new. And those sorrow might last for the night. I have to believe that joy comes in the morning. This is what it means to remember forward. And Advent is a season where we are kind of invited over and over again. So much so that you get tired of it by the end, and then maybe it's starting to sink in. Advent is a season where we are invited to remember forward. And we don't have to, here's what I want you to hear about the past. We don't have to forget the past, right? Like, I'm not asking you to erase the past or to forget the past or even to, like, move on as if it it didn't exist. But it also doesn't mean that we remain stuck in the past, stuck in the days when everything seemed right and as it should and now it doesn't, but we just can't move forward, But the invitation here is to remember the ways in which God has been faithful in the past and we anticipate God's faithfulness that is, first of all, can be experienced here and now. I believe that's always true, but also what God has yet to do. Advent is a season where we look back at God's coming and we anticipate his return. 
Advent is a season where we are invited to remember the past, with the, but with our eyes on the promise for the future. And, and what I want you to take away today is that there can be joy in remembering forward. Like we can experience joy as we anticipate the things that are yet to come, the things that we can't quite grasp just yet. We can wait with joy because of the great things that God has done. God has proven his faithfulness, amen? So why do we think why do we allow ourselves to think and believe that God won't do it again, but we instead hold closely to these things and we know that God is going to do it again? It might not look the same, but that's okay. He might not do it in the same exact ways that he's done it before, but that's okay. God might use an entirely different generation to do the things that he's going to do, and that's okay. God might call someone to do something in a completely different way, and that is okay. But that doesn't mean that it's always easy, and I want to acknowledge that. There's a tension. I know. There's a tension, though. And what I appreciated remembering this week is that that tension between what God has done and what God is doing, that was really felt by the people of God as they were returning home from exile. I appreciated this reminder this week that, that as the people of God were returning to Jerusalem, as they were coming home from exile, there was probably this, this hope, this anticipation that they would come home to the same Jerusalem that they were taken away from, and that was not the case, right? Things did not look the same. Things we're not familiar. And, and so in Ezra 3, we get this glimpse of what it looked like for the people of God to come home from exile, expecting to see that same comfortable, familiar place. And instead, they see something completely different as the projects of the rebuilding, rebuilding of the temple are underway. And we read this. Listen to these words from Ezra 3. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. The people of God said, he is good. His love toward Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Here's the tension. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple they wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish, listen to this, no one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because all the people made such a noise and the sound was heard from far away. Not a Christmas text. But Advent is a season of intermingled feelings. And this is not new. This has been experienced for many, many years. And among the people of God, there were all kinds of shouts, some shouts of joy at all that God was doing, even though it looked different from what it used to look like. But there were also shouts of, of weeping and lament because it wasn't the same. And there may be this wonder like, but... Where is God in this? 
For some, what was happening was wonderful and exciting, and it was a glimpse of all the good that is to come. But for others, it was devastating as they remember and grieve the past and and just lament at how things have changed. Church, among the people of God, there is room for both lament and joy. And I don't know where you find yourself today on this third Sunday of Advent. Maybe you look around at the state of things, whether that's in your own life personally or just more broadly, and you just grieve. You find yourself lamenting because things are hard. Things are not what they used to be, and and there's so much loss. And some of you might look around with great joy as you anticipate what God is doing and all that God is going to do. And I want to tell you, I, I don't know where you are, but there's room for you. There's room for both lament and joy today. And wherever you are, we are all, as the people of God, as a community, as BFCN, this community, we are all invited to remember forward. We are all invited to, yes, look back and acknowledge where God has been faithful, but we are also invited to receive this kindling of hope that God will be faithful again, even if it doesn't look familiar. Similar to the community of Israel, maybe some of us only have seeds in our hand right now, but we can trust that there will be a harvest. We pray that we will see things that that we thought we could only dream up. Can I just tell you, we have permission to dream big dreams. We have permission to dream big dreams because we serve a big God who is really faithful. We remember forward trusting that God will be faithful again. We sing songs of lament and songs of joy. We sing songs of hope and songs of promise that we might collectively remember a God who is always faithful. And BFCN, as we journey together, we know this to be true. You you knew this long before I came. We've known this since I've been here, and we'll know this, that there are seasons of great sorrow and sadness. Can I just take a moment to acknowledge that this was a year of a lot of sorrow and sadness. Like, just because we sing songs of joy today doesn't mean we forget all of the difficult things that we as a community, as a family, have endured this past year. It's been really, really hard. And so we know that there will be seasons that we experience sadness and sorrow. There will be seasons, and this has been one of those seasons where where we cry the tears that water the ground. And yet this psalm is inviting us to cry, to dream, to remember, to hope that while sorrow may last for a season, that while sorrow may last through the night, joy will come in the morning. I have to believe that. I have to believe that joy will come again. And so BFCN, may we be like those anxious kids in the church van on their way to camp. May we acknowledge how great camp has been in the past 
And may we be filled with great anticipation of all that is to come this year at camp, if you will. And may it fill us with so much hope and so much joy that we can't help but burst out in song, that we cannot help but sing and shout praises to our God. And so we're going to give you the opportunity, all of us, the opportunity to do that. And I'm going to invite the praise team to come. And as they come, I want to share with you this beautiful blessing by an author who I love. Jan Richardson is her name. And I want you to receive these words. This is a blessing to summon rejoicing. When your weeping has watered the earth, when the storm has been long and the night and the season of your sorrowing, when you have seemed an exile from your life, lost in the far country, a long way from where your comfort lies, when the sound of splintering and fracture haunts you, when despair attends you, when lack, when trouble, when fear, when pain, when empty, when lonely, when too much of what depletes you and not enough of what restores and rests you. Then let there be rejoicing. Let there be dreaming. Let there be laughter in your mouth and on your tongue shouts of joy. Let the seeds soaked by tears turn to grain, to bread, to feasting. And let there be a coming home. God, we pray these things with great boldness and great faith and great humility. And God, we thank you for being a God who has delivered us time and time again. Thank you for being a faithful, loving God who is delivering us here and now. And thank you for being a loving God who will continue to deliver who will continue to make himself known, who will continue to bring the harvest, who will continue to provide, who will continue to comfort, who will continue to bring joy, who will continue to move in a mighty way. God, fill us with more of your faith. Fill us with more hope. Fill us, God, with an anticipation. Fill us again, O oh Lord, with your joy. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can stand with us as we sing together. You know this song. It's a little different than how you may be used to it, but sing with us. I think you probably know the words. We sing together and rejoice in the glory of God and the beauty of creation. And that's something we can always rejoice in. Amen. Joyful, we adore Thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Our hearts unfold like. Fire. 
that you can bring joy even in the darkest night, even when it feels like joy is so far. God, I pray that as we leave this place, as we enter into the final week of Advent, I pray that we would feel your joy closely. I pray that those who are are struggling, who are here today, may they feel your presence and be filled with joy. God, I pray for those who are not here, those who are home, those who are sick, those who uh, couldn't be here today for whatever reason. God, may you draw near to them and may you fill them with your everlasting joy. As we leave this place, may we continue to sing songs collectively. May we continue to encourage one another to be faithful to one another, to be filled with love for one another and to share joy with one another. As we leave, may we share this overflowing, contagious joy with a dark and dreary world who needs a holy joy from God. God, may you go before us. May you sustain us. May you continue to fill us with more of you, with more of your joy, and we go trusting and anticipating the ways that you will do so. And we pray this confident 
In the name of Jesus, who is with us, amen.